Good morning. It's good to be in the house of God. Been appreciating the service we've had so far. We were one of the songs we were singing this morning was First Lord Jesus, Thee Why Cherish, Thee Why Honor. None can be nearer, fairer, or dearer than my Savior to me. And a devotional meditation was talking about, am I fulfilling God's purpose for me? Does my life bring glory to God? God has given us the choice. Thou art my Lord, my God, my King. Children's lesson here talked about our conscience. Is our conscience clear? feel a little bit scattered this morning, but a little bit of the burden is that each of, each of us would be genuine, holy, prepared for whatever God has for us in the future. Could we stand for a word of prayer? <clears throat> Father, we thank you for the blessing we have of gathering together here with fellow believers. We thank you for your word that we have and it can minister to our hearts. We pray, Lord, that it would speak to us today. Just pray that you would guide and direct my lips as I share. Be able to share those things that you would have me to share. It would be an encouragement to us in our walk with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You seated. I was having a little hard time uh, deciding what to preach about. My week didn't go as I had planned. I considered having a character study, and I went to the closet and pulled out my old Thompson Chain Bible. As I wiped the dust from the cover, it seemed sacred. I opened the cover, and inside the first address listed is Grenada, West Indies. Seems like a long time ago. As I paged through it, there were so many highlighted and underlined texts in it. Many verses I learned years ago. <clears throat> I didn't find one of them that's not true today. I think they all spoke with as much meaning as they did back then. My old dusty Bible I hadn't used for years. And it just was a special moment, I guess, to me. I don't think I ever remember a time when God's word seemed so precious. 
At that moment, I don't think you could have bought this old Bible from me. It'd be interesting to know how many hours it has on it, how many miles it traveled. We've been through a lot together. I don't know of any other book that has been used more than the Bible. We used to sing the song in, in Bible school, The Bible Stands. The Bible stands like a rock undaunted mid the raging storms of life. Its pages burn with the truth eternal. So in just the introduction here, I would like to somehow try to help convey that to you, a love for the Word of God. Now, I don't wake up every morning just longing to read my Bible like I should. I need to grow in that as well. But yet, it's, it's so relevant to the times we live in today. It's so true. It's unchanging in the changing world that we live in. It's an anchor in a world of fear. So I would challenge us to create in our hearts a love for the Word of God. Read it. Teach it to your young ones. Memorize it. I wish I would have done more. When I was younger, when you're younger, it goes easier. You have more years to benefit from it. It was a 10-year memory course around when I was a youth. I don't think I got past the first year or two. I think my cousin did all 10 years of it. 2 Timothy 3 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. As I opened the Bible, I still had my little marker in. They're probably used for my devotions. As I pondered the page it was at, it covered some of the topics that I was considering as would be options for a message, even though I did not uh, develop all those. <clears throat> Thought maybe I could go through and just read all the highlighted verses that I have. It would speak a lot to us. I went from not knowing what to share to being loaded with things that could be looked at. Um, Later that night, um, my computer went blank. I thought next it was going to just be this Bible and some handwritten notes. Uh, I went to bed. I couldn't get it to go. went to bed the next morning and it 
started right up, went blank again. So I did find moving it around, wiggled some wires apparently, and it did come to life again. So anyhow, it made me realize how dependent we have become on some of those things. I remember years ago, uh, one preacher sort of sputting at another, not being able to preach properly because of computer problems. Well, we are getting pretty close to that. It went many years with this Bible and many times notes without a computer. Turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy 6. The New Testament writers quote nearly 200 times from the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 6.4 was, I think, about the first verse that I laid my eyes on as I opened it where the marker was. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. When did you hear that before? Anybody remember? Last Sunday. Brother Warren shared that in our devotions. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. Um, I think maybe the New Testament there might say mind. And Jesus said the second is, what is the second? Thy neighbor. Did you think of that this week? Brother John challenged us to think of that when we wake up in the morning. I did not every day. I did at least one or two days. I thought of that when I got up. Good thing to think about. Verse 6, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. I preached about that before, about our hearts. Okay, verse 7. This addresses something that I was thinking about. After you're loving God with, with all your heart and soul and might, everything you got, then what do you do? Then thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by thy, the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them upon, bind them for a sign upon thine hand, they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. Teach them diligently. Teach them diligently to your children. It talks about our house. What is in our house? I was at an Anabaptist uh, seminar recently. They said you should go into every room in your house and stand there and just look around, the whole way around the room. Is there anything in that room that fails to honor the Lord? If there's anything in that room that does not honor God, then it's not appropriate. What are we filling our minds with? Someone was telling my wife um, about a lady that had accepted the Lord, and she was saying how much difference it makes 
listening to sermons instead of watching horror movies. It makes a big difference what we fill our minds with. Are we thinking about the things of the Lord as we go about our daily lives? Are we teaching them to our children? When they sit us down, when they walk us, when they lie us down, when they rise us up. These are all things that relate to passing the faith on to the next generation. Now I came down here to verses uh, 10 and 12. 10 through 12 there. It talks about when things go well. Verse 12 says, Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord. Turn to Deuteronomy 8, starting at verse 10. I'll read so the same thing, but I'll read it from that part. Deuteronomy 8.10 When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he giveth thee, hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full, and hast built goodly houses, and dwelt therein. And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up. And thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage. Drop down to verse 17. And thou say in thine heart, my power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. Does that sound relevant to today? Do we live in a time of affluence where we have plenty? That word there... In verse 11, beware, um, comes from a root that talks about building a hedge of thorns about. That sounds like a serious fence. Um, guard, protect, attend. Um, in the King James, it's used as be circumspect, circumspect, take heed, watch. That is something we need to take very seriously that we do not forget for the word of our God. Do not allow the things, the prosperity, to take us away from the Lord. So that addressed a little bit uh, finances, one thing I had been thinking about. And that was addressed right here in this passage. Back up to Deuteronomy 5, verse 32, to the page I was on. Deuteronomy 5.32 Ye shall observe to do therefore as the Lord your God hath commanded you. Ye shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. Ye shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God hath commanded you, that ye may live, that it may be well with you, and that ye may prolong your days in the land which ye shall possess. It talks about not turning to the right hand or to the left, but to walk in the ways of the Lord. 
not going from one ditch to the other, which we tend to so often do. This week, one more, or last week, I was coming home one morning and a service van ahead of me all of a sudden went in the ditch. They managed to come back on without hitting the other ditch. But it's so easy to get in one ditch and to end up in the other ditch instead of staying on course. Walk in all the ways the Lord your God commanded you. I said I considered a character study. I did not pursue that then after all. But I was impressed here with the character of Moses. Can you feel his heart and his care for his people? Um, his his desire, his, as he exhorts them here to hear God and to keep his commandments. Uh, he was a man who cared very much for the people that God had entrusted his care. Um, I was, was also reading recently some in, um, in the Colossians. And I was impressed with the, the Apostle Paul. Uh, he His care for the, the city there in Colossae, if I understand, I don't think he ever visited that city. And yet he wrote an epistle there and he cared for them. Turn back a couple pages to Deuteronomy 11. 11, 16. Deuteronomy 11, 16. Chapter 11 is talking again about after God blesses them. Then he comes to verse 16. Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived and he turn aside and serve other gods and worship me. Take heed. That's the same word as what uh, we had there before. The same words, beware. It's the same word. <clears throat> Take heed that you do not serve other gods. That's another thing I had... Um, Consider idolatry could be a topic in itself, too. I was reading in Ezekiel. Um, recently, I think I read through the book of Ezekiel. In chapter 44, the Levites are going away from me, God was saying. After their idols, they shall bear their iniquity. Okay, so the, the Levites were the um, supposed to be the spiritual ones. And when Israel went astray, they did as well. And so God was saying that that was serious. Um, he said, They shall not come near unto me to do the office of a priest unto me, nor to come to any of my holy things in the most holy place, but they shall bear their shame and their abominations which they have committed. They could be keepers of the house and things like that, but um, it showed the importance of the priests of not falling into idolatry, of serving other gods. 
And so then I was thinking, so who are the priests today? Who are the priests today? Turn to 1 Peter 2. First Peter two verse five. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So here we see as believers we are supposed to be a holy priesthood. So that's the title I've given to the message today is a holy priesthood. We'll look at that a little bit here. Now in the Old Testament, we look at it as a lot of laws and things like that, and yet God did talk a lot about their hearts as well. Uh, New Testament, though, does seem to take it to a, a higher level of the importance um, of our hearts being right. Turn back to Exodus 28. Exodus 28, verse 36. Okay, here they're instructed that, And thou shalt make a plate of pure gold, and grave upon it, like the engravings of a signet, Holiness to the Lord. They were supposed to put a plate on Aaron's forehead. As New Testament Christians, um, we don't do that. We don't put a plate on our forehead and, and walk around that way. But our life should say that in every way. Could I wear a sign like that everywhere I go? Could I wear a plate that says holiness to the Lord? Everything I say, the people I talk to, everything I look at, the things I listen to, everything I think. Would that fit with the sign, holiness to the Lord? If we're going to be a holy priesthood, we should be able to do that. Chapter 29, verse 21. Chapter 29, verse 21. And thou shalt take of the blood that is upon the altar and of the anointing oil and sprinkle it upon Aaron and upon his garments and upon his sons and upon the garments of his sons with him. And he shall be hallowed and his garments and his sons and his sons' garments 
with him. So a ram's life was taken and the blood was from that was sprinkled on Aaron and his sons. And they were supposed to be holy. They were supposed to be hallowed uh, because of that blood that was um, shed, that was sprinkled on them. Turn in the New Testament to Hebrews 9. Hebrews nine twenty two. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission of sins. How are we cleansed of our sins? New Testament. By the blood of Christ, right? Still by the blood. But not, not of animals, but it's by the blood of Christ. Am I sprinkled with the blood of Jesus? Am I clean? Am I pure? Are my garments hallowed like the priests were there in the Old Testament? Or do I desire to keep a little bit of something that brings glory to me, that makes a show of me? Back to Exodus 29 again. Exodus 29, 43. Talking about the tabernacle. And there I will meet with the children of Israel. And the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. The tabernacle was where God meet there with the children of Israel. Where does God meet today? Where is God's tabernacle today? Go to the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 6. Second Corinthians 6, 16-18. And what agreement hath the temple of God with Idols, for ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Here we see that as believers, we are the temple of the living God.
Are we a temple that's fit for God to live in? Back to Exodus 29 again. Exodus 29, verse 45. God's dwelling there. God says, I will dwell among the children of Israel and will be their God. So in addition to just the tabernacle, God talks about dwelling among them. Uh, I think I remember already when... Um, they went to war or whatever, had instructions about what to do because about the God walking amongst them uh, in the evening or at night or something like that. Maybe it says the angel of the Lord, I'm not sure. So God is going to dwell among them. In the New Testament, God dwells in us by the Holy Spirit. So to the New Testament again, John 14. John 14. fourteen seventeen, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Talk about the Spirit of God shall be in us. Verse 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. So we see similarities um, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Priests, um, in their function of offering sacrifices at the altar, the priests acted as mediators between God and man. Aaron and his sons were consecrated for the priesthood priesthood in an elaborate seven-day ceremony. The entire dedication procedure was an outward sign of their sanctification in God's service. The clothes which the priests wore also carried great significance. Their white linen garments symbolized holiness and glory. As messengers of the Lord, the priests also were to teach the law to the people. In addition to instructing in the law year by year, they were also responsible for reading the law at the Feast of Tabernacles. By their example, the priests also taught the people how to distinguish between holy and unholy, between unclean and clean. Living in cities scattered throughout the nation of Israel, the priests were in a good position to fulfill this function. The office of a priest 
was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. The Son of God became a man so that he might offer himself as sacrifice once to bear the sins of many. Hence, there's no longer a need for a priest to offer a sacrifice to atone for a man's sin. A permanent sacrifice has been made by Jesus Christ through his death on the cross. Priesthood and holiness were meant to be inseparable. So as Christians, we are called a priesthood. Turn back to 1 Peter 2 again. First Peter two nine. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. As we are sanctified by the blood of Christ. Our lives should show a difference to those around us. We should be different than those around us. We should show forth the praises of his marvelous light. I was uh, talking at the last week of the funeral, talking to someone and he was just so full of sharing the things of the Lord. It was interesting to listen to people like that. Am I that way? Am I willing to speak for the Lord of what the Lord has done? First Peter 2, 4. It's back there a couple of verses. To whom coming... As unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Verse 5, we had read that before as well. Years, lovely stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. First Peter was written to the believers. In first Peter in verse 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who scattered through Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you and peace be multiplied. No need for animal sacrifices anymore. First Peter 1, verse 5. 1 Peter 1, verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Kept by the power of God. How much is that? We are kept by the power of God. God has the unlimited resources if we... Avail ourselves of that. 
First Peter 1, 13, 13 to 16. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be wrought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. It is written, Be holy, for I am holy. How holy is that? That's our standard, not each other. Yeah, there in verse 9, 2, verse 9, talks about showing forth the praises of Him. Uh, verse 11 talks about us as strangers and pilgrims. Uh, verse 12 talks us about us having our conversation honest among the Gentiles, that as they see our lives, they may behold and glorify God in the day of visitation. You also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Am I willing to be a holy priesthood for the Lord Jesus? To be of service for Him and point others to Jesus by my life, my words, and my testimony. To intercede for others, to help others to a right relationship with God, to care for others as the Apostle Paul did. You say, oh, no, I'm not great like Apostle Paul. Well, as I was reading that, Apostle Paul had lots of helpers. It wasn't just him. There were ones that stood by his side. I think there even some voluntarily went to prison uh, with him. May we be willing to be a holy priesthood unto the Lord. May God bless you as you fellowship together later today. Um, we won't be able to be there. We have an ordination that we'll be going to. So God bless you.